Hello from Grove Studios in Ypsilanti, a spot that is a great rental spot for bands who are looking for a place to practice, get out of your garage and get into the studio. Grove Studios has a couple of different sizes. If you're looking for a full band or a half band or even a DJ who needs to practice his DJing skills, this is a place that I highly recommend as well as for podcasts. As you can tell, I've been doing the podcast here for about two years now, and uh, it has been my pleasure to invite a variety of different folks from the music scene into the studios. Most recently, Glenn Phillips, lead singer of Toad the Wet Sprocket, Jill Jack, multiple Detroit Music Award winner, where we discussed, well, it's kind of the mortality of life. She she had a near-death experience with COVID, and now we have a much lighter conversation. <laughs> Hopefully it is. <laughs> it would be a, a non-award winner. <laughs> well, <laughs> Man who's never won an award. Come on. <laughs> Seriously, nothing? Not even a comedy award? I guess. Not really. No. Well, Haywood Banks is my, my guest today. He's got a brand new holiday CD, New Holiday Standards. We'll throw that into the camera. And a show coming up at the Ark in January, which is two of the reasons we've decided to yeah. focus on you today, because you've got stuff going on. It's amazing. <laughs> after <laughs> after the COVID coma, yes. you know, to come out. and Although I, play, I played uh, the Ark last year, but everybody had their mask on. And it's very, it's hard to do comedy when you can't see... If people have teeth, you know, it's, it's, you know, that's a, a big element to, oh, they're, they're laughing. Not going, <laughs> <laughs> it's a little muffled, isn't it? Yeah, muffled. Well, I'm neither Bob or Tom, your biggest supporters in the radio field, but I am very honored that you've chosen to spend some time with me well, today. Well, thank you. We've, we've spent a couple of, here. yeah, a couple of chances in the past, 2011 and 2018, I had you in the studio in Ann Arbor when I worked in radio. And again, this time, something new to promote, uh, Holiday Standards. Though, New Holiday Standards has a few tracks that have been on previous albums. Uh, yeah, there's uh, uh, You Ain't Getting Diddly Squat and Frosty the Blues Man and My Dearest Mr. Santa Claus. Turkey Bird, and, yeah. Uh, Turkey Bird, yeah. Yeah, a variety of... Uh, but but I uh, uh, last year, this woman named uh, Tasha Layton, who was a country singer, uh, recorded my You Ain't Getting Diddly Squat song, and her husband's like a big band producer and just did like this kick-ass version of the song. Yes. And it got like a million listens on Spotify. <laughs> that's awesome. You um, got like a $6 check for that, right? Yeah, oh yeah. Was, uh, so I got my whole $6. That's that's uh, point oh 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 three cents yeah. <laughs> every time it plays. So it really, it's, it pays off, you know. It's, uh, you know, not like, uh, you know, it's kind of like a, being a working working at a bank or something. Almost, yeah. almost. Well, we'll circle back around to that very exact thought that you just had about somebody covering your song. But I would actually like to have you play a song from anything in your catalog, All right. wherever you'd like to start. Anything. <laughs> okay, perfect. Okay. I wanna thank you, old Saint Nick, for the stuff that you leave on the eve of Christmas Day. Worldwide overnight delivery's quite a trick And it ain't no wonder that you ain't got time to shave I know that you've been making me a toy up in the Arctic And I hope this message reaches you before you've time to start it Some folks like their Christmases all blue or even white But for me the color green is exactly right Santa, don't you bother with the chimney no more Slip my present into an envelope and slide it under the door Cause nothing says a Merry Christmas like cash, cash, cash Show me what 
the holiday spirits about With a nice wire transfer into an offshore account Cause nothing says Merry Christmas like cash, cash, cash Oh, the size is perfect and the style is right You know that it's the color I dig And never, ever, ever would you hear me say Does this money in my wallet make my butt look big? Oh, Santa, don't you be no Ebenezer And pay off the balance on this hip visa Cause nothing says Merry Christmas like cash, cash, cash why risk your life with a Black Friday chase when a C-note a denotes that you got such good taste? Cause nothing says Merry Christmas like cash, cash, cash. Oh, $100, $50, love to hear him crinkle, snapped up in a suitcase of the jingle, jangle, jingle. Cougar ants from South Africa or euros from Spain. Santa fly your reindeer by and make it rain. I don't need two front teeth on mistletoe kisses. Jackson Franklin and a grant's my wishes. All I want for Christmas is come on, Mr. Kringle. All I want for Christmas is a jingle, jangle, jingle. All I want for Christmas is a cash, cash, cash. Fun one called Cash, 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 found on the newest Haywood Banks record, which is entitled New Holiday Standards. I'm going to show that to the camera, and then I'm going to go... Only played in tune, <laughs> and I, I remember all the chords. So. I'm amazed. I'm, I'm impressed as well. And I'm also having one of those moments where I think to myself, did I actually hit record on the video? So excuse me while I do something unprofessional. Okay. <laughs> Pretty sure I did. The audio is rolling. Is the video rolling? Hi, that's fun. Well, yes, it is. So there we go. We just had a very... All right. Unprofessional moment in the podcast, <laughs> all right. which only a few of them will Nice hear. to know you're from Earth. I am from Earth, <laughs> and you are also from Earth. We're going to back up a, a few years in your life. You you grew up, um, well, much sooner than I did. You were, uh, I think, the first guest that I've had in the podcast that has grown and lived uh, through the Beatles, uh, Elvis, uh, the first Dylan album. I mean, there's a lot of significant oh, sure, musical sure, events that happened sure. in your lifetime, having born, been born in the 50s. Yeah. Um, so tell me about how those things influenced you, like watching all that history, really. You can uh, look back at it now. Well, probably um, I would – My uh, well, my I, when I was growing up, I, I was in church choir and uh, school choir, whatever. And uh, my – my mom sang and and was always in choir and and in in plays and stuff like that. And uh, my older sister went to Interlochen, and my younger sister took piano, and I took piano. And and they both, you know, had really good grades and could read piano, read read music. And I was the only one <laughs> that got terrible grades and uh, could you know could not read music. So, um, uh. When my mom bought a, uh, my mom's left-handed. My older sister's left-handed too, and I'm left-handed. And uh, my mom bought a uh, Gibson LGO from a uh, music store, and um, it was right-handed. And that she tried to learn to play right-handed, and she just couldn't do it. So she kind of gave up. And just when I turned, uh, I turned 14 in 1964, and uh, the Beatles landed. And all of a sudden, here's Paul McCartney playing left-handed. I go, hey, <laughs> if he can do it. <laughs> so I, so I, and and people were, um, 
I would go to church camp and people were, you know, playing kumbaya and stuff like that. And this land is your land. And I said, oh, that looks like that shouldn't be too hard. You know, so I, I uh, went and took uh, a couple of guitar lessons and the, the guy said, oh, you can't play. Right. You can't play left-handed. There's. I said, well, what about this guy? What about Paul McCartney? I said, oh, well, I don't know. So anyway, that was the only two lessons I ever took. <laughs> and uh, just, um, I probably, you know, Peter, Paul, and Mary, the Smothers Brothers, uh, the Beatles. I mean, I mean, certainly I've heard Elvis and all those, you know, early things. I think I was... I think I was six or seven when you know I remember seeing Elvis on uh, on uh, Ed Sullivan. Ed Sullivan, yeah. But um, it was mainly mainly the Beatles, you know, and not not so much Rolling Stones or uh, I liked uh, um, I liked the Birds. I liked uh, Jerry and the Pacemakers. I liked uh, um, you know a lot of a lot of the uh, English. You know, import guys. British invasion. Yeah, British invasion. Yeah. Cool. Well, where did you grow up? In uh, Birmingham. Birmingham, Alabama. Okay. Yeah. Michigan. You... <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I didn't know you spent your whole life in Michigan. I wasn't sure about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, whole life here. Nice. So far, anyway. So, <laughs> you like it here? You, you must You must not hate winter enough to leave. No, and I, you know, uh, both my wife and I had family here, you know, so we, we've went to Vermont for a while and we came back and, and, uh, my dad had passed away. And so, and her parents live up North. So just to be, and, and we had our first, uh, child. And so, uh, we just kind of stuck in Michigan. And so we moved, uh, North of Ann Arbor just cause 23 and 96 intersected and up there and I get all over Michigan to play. Yeah. I played, I played a lot of like mountain jacks. I played the, the, um, uh, the Raven Gallery in Detroit in in Southfield. Okay, and uh, it was one of uh, first kind of big gigs. But I dropped out. Of, I went to college for a couple of years and dropped out in in January 1971, and uh, hitchhiked to Florida. And uh, I I've been listening to uh, Jerry Jeff Walker singing the Gypsy, you know. I'm singing about the gypsy, the rambling way of life, or whatever the song was. You know, just all those kind of you know on the road mm-hmm. kind of you know Jack Kerouac vibe and stuff. And and I I, I definitely wasn't. I I went to school for uh, for three and a half years. And I have to go another four to graduate. You know, so you know it's so I knew that wasn't going anywhere. So I just I and what I got positive reinforcement was was playing songs. And I was I was like class clown. In high school, you know, and surprise, you know, so hard to believe, and uh, but that being, you know, saying uh, things inappropriately in class and stuff that I stuff I got kicked out of school for that that seemed to be my most positive reinforcement. Certainly, something nothing my dad could understand <laughs> that you could possibly make a living. You know, I, yeah. he uh, was disappointed I was, didn't turn out to dig ditches, but um, <laughs> my hand, not 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 a machine operator, but hand. <laughs> so. Before you discovered music, what kind of things did you do as a hobby? Did you like, you know, playing with Legos? I had I had a tree fort for uh, by the time I was six till I was sixteen, nice. and my my buddies would all come over. We work on the tree fort, you know, and, and I don't know. It had a, it had a uh, a ladder that pulled up by pulleys, and it had like all you know, like a, nice. you know, a whole lot of uh, you know basic uh, pulley machinery, <laughs> you know, thing. Just met- you know, just I don't know. Just kid stuff. Yeah, just yeah, goofing around. I mentioned this before, I think, in a previous interview because we did discuss your your 
class clownness. I guess we'll classify your, your uh-huh. school years, but you're a very intelligent man. Like the way you write comedy is not like dumbing it down for the lowest common denominator. There's like funny references that require a fair amount of intelligence. Did you just not study? Is that why you just didn't do well in school, or you just didn't care? About I just, school? I you know, bef- before it used to be called. Uh, uh, looking out the window or not applying himself, you know, uh, you know, and but it, you know, this was before dyslexia or or you know any of those ADD, ADHD, any ADD stuff, you know, was was popular, and I and I think you know in 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 a lot of ways it's it's um, it's a, humans are supposed to have their brains wired differently. That's why. Thank God there's people that know how to build a bridge, and thank God there's people who know how to make a computer or right. you know do all these other stuff because you know I'd be just you know rubbing sticks together if it was up to me you know making making funny jokes about you know, about stuff. So it's it's like everybody you know everybody has a different path, and 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 part part of those paths you know they've been able to you know because you don't fit into the industrial revolution of you know you go to school and learn these things and work for GM or Ford or, you know, uh, um, you know, they medicate kids, you know, for stuff, which is, I think, really a shame because I, th- I think it suppresses all that exuberance. Maybe really, you know, I, I was, you know, uh, at an early age, I was, I think obnoxious is probably the most common word, you know? I mean, that was, how would you describe yourself uh, when you were like uh, 10 years old? Obnoxious. I think that's, uh, <laughs> that's probably the, the term, but, um, but they didn't have, uh, you know, they couldn't give me a pill to make me, you know, stare at a computer screen for, for hours, you know? So I, you know, my brain, you know, just flourished or, uh, you know, turned into a, a wild shrub, a cut, it kudzued out, you know. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I just, I try and, I just try and, if something's funny to me, then I like to, I like to put it in, into a song. I, and it's, um, one thing I found is like from, I mean, I've, I've been doing this a long time and it's so much easier now to write a song or to put the words together or to pull stuff out from one place to the other because I, you know, because I'm just so much older and I have so much more, you know, Experience. to draw from. Yeah. And um, it's, you know, I know my, my I mean, I, I went to school with uh, Tim Allen's older brother. I've known mm. Tim since high school. I, I had Steve Harvey open for me on the road and, mm. and, you know, a whole bunch of people that have, you know, rocketed to success. But the, um, and, but what, you know, what I did, I, I've never like appeal, it seems like I've never appealed to a giant audience. It's always been like a narrow casting, you know, to people, oh, oh, hey, would you, I, that's either, that's the worst thing I ever heard or, or, oh, that guy's a genius. Well, too, you know, what a moron, what a genius, you know, it's one, one way or the other. It's, it's, there's no, uh. There's no in between. You've done it long enough to make a living at it, though. That's, yeah, that's and, what you've and, done your whole life, right? Thank you know it's. I mean, at, at the end of my show, I pull out my toaster. I say, "Thank God, bless America," <laughs> you know, <laughs> to actually make a living. You know, just uh, goofing around. I mean, it's. I've had an incredible blessed life, you know, to be able to you know to to go out and, and make people happy, mm-hmm. you know, and to and to you know at. at you know, I'm I'm 72, which has been a lifelong goal to be room temperature, and um, 
you know, to be able you to go, to be able to, you know, come out on stage and people are actually happy to see some old man get up right. on stage. Like, hey, that's pretty cool. I don't know. <laughs> it is pretty cool. Yeah. You could have chosen because you started out as a folk singer. You could have stayed on that path and probably not really made a living because not a lot of folk singers are. When, when I was, when I was 30, I had, uh, or maybe 32, I had two kids <laughs> and I would, uh, I live in Howell, and I would drive to Kalamazoo, play two nights, you know, stay overnight at somebody's house, and uh, make two hundred dollars a night, and that was a you know upgrade from one hundred fifty, one hundred seventy-five. That was in nineteen eighty, and I would come home and I paid the paid our mortgage, which was three hundred forty-three dollars and forty-one cents, and then not work for like two or three weeks, <laughs> you know. Nice. So my my wife Shirley is like you know just a miracle worker was able to somehow on sixty-four dollars, we're able to uh, you know uh, feed our kids and you know keep the lights on. Wow. But um, thing is today, that's the same money that folk singers make. I know. Is the same one hundred fifty to two hundred dollars wrong? And it's not, you know, it's what forty years later. It's the same amount of money, and that's definitely not the the same. Doesn't go as far. Doesn't go as far. No, you know? not at all. Crazy. Well, you chose comedy because it was more lucrative, or because oh yeah, you're... definitely, definitely. It, yeah, was... I, I, um, there was a, you know, I mean, I, I would play it like a Mountain Jacks, and I would do four 45-minute sets and uh, six nights a week, you know, to a bunch of people that, you know, were either, you know, couples cheating on their spouse, mashing on the love seat at the back, <laughs> or uh, a group of businessmen sitting up front. And, and uh, probably the most, uh, the biggest compliment I heard was, uh, can you turn it down? Oh, and nice. That's, well, that's, you know, that's like... Whatever performer wants to hear. Yeah, can you turn it down? Yes. <laughs> and... Uh, um. But so, so, and there'd be, you know, big spaces of time where I wouldn't have any work. And, and uh, it's, I always say it's like the, um, you know, in the Matrix when Neo has been killed and he's laying on the, on the, on the bed and Trinity, his girlfriend, leans over and kisses him like Snow White, you know, and he wakes up and then she says, now get up. <laughs> And that's that's kind of the same thing as uh, my wife going, you know, like, get up and get out there. So, you know, she said, you know, there's a comedy club in Lansing. Why don't you go up, you know, to Lansing? Because I was doing funny stuff kind of in between. My what my, um, my mentor in 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 performing is a guy named was a guy named Gamble Rogers. Okay, Gamble was uh, when I dropped out of school and hitchhiked to Florida. Um, I met up with some people and they say, Hey, you, you should know this guy, Gamble Rogers. So I was introduced to Gamble and, and, uh, over the course of, I don't know, probably five or six years, he would, uh, he must've bought me, I don't know, 50 breakfasts, mm. <laughs> you know, you know, I'd, I'd be working or I'd hitchhike in someplace and be sleeping on the floor someplace and we'd meet for breakfast and, you know, and he he'd philosophize, and I could you know I could ask him about well, you know when you're when you're dealing you know when you're doing stuff you know what do you do? And I just watched him play, and 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 the mix of doing comedy in between and doing in between songs was kind of that's kind of the template of you know how of what I learned from him and and his you know his stage presence and everything else mm-hmm. and. Uh, uh, 
so I was kind of doing that at, when I was playing at, at the Mountain Jacks. And uh, uh, so when I, I went up to the comedy club in Lansing and I just took out all my serious songs and I just did my funny stuff. And people immediately, they hired me for the next next weekend yeah. for, for to, to middle on the show. And then two weeks later, I came back and headlined. Wow. Because I'd already done my 10,000 hours, you know, of grinding through. And it's, you know, it wasn't, wasn't comedy. So, so a lot of what I do is just kind of, I came up with it in the dark, mm-hmm. you know, there's not, you know, I mean, I've certainly heard, you know, uh, Steve Martin or Jerry Seinfeld or whoever on the Tonight Show, but, you know, that's like a three minute segment of something. It's not like you can binge, you know, half hour comedy sure. things or hour comedy things like you can today and right. just watch comedy for hours and hours. Um, but, uh I mean, a lot of guys would like work at Mark Ridley's co- comedy club, you know, from um, like Tim and and uh, um, I don't know, a whole, whole bunch of guys, you know, worked there and kind of went through that process. And, and they they would kind of learn from each other on how to do comedy and mm-hmm. and doing <laughs> and having a guitar. And doing comedy is like you're called a boat act <laughs> because, you know, it's like, you know, oh, you got a guitar. That's like being a, you might as well juggle, too, you know, which I couldn't juggle. So I could only do the guitar. Um, but because I came th- from years of songwriting and being, you know, being a songwriter mm-hmm. and trying to, you know, work on on uh alliteration and just, you know, learn how to, you know, write a song to start with before I got into comedy. There's, I mean, there's a lot of guys that are not, um, I mean, they use the guitar as a prop or something, or they do a lot of parodies or something, you know, and there's, there's not a few, there's not, there's not a lot that are writing, you know, new songs. Um, You've written a ton. (laughs) I've written a ton. Yeah. I've written a ton of songs and this. You know, so I, it's 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 show business. You know, it's like um, Johnny Carson could do magic. He could uh, tap dance. He could, you know, do you know a little bit of singing, a little bit of you know everything. You know, a little salsa down your pants. You know, you know. It's, I mean, all those things, all those showbiz things, all come together. Mm-hmm. So it's like all the years of being a folk singer. Um, you know, paid off, you know, when I, when I first got into comedy because I could just smoothly transition and I could start to, you know, make a living at it. Yeah. Well, you did start out as a folk singer using your own name. Why did you decide to adopt a different name? Uh, when, um, in, in the course of just dealing with, uh, trying to figure out there's, there's no, like today people can probably go to a class you know i mean you can go to like uh a business school or a a course and and learn how to you know getting tips on being a folk singer (laughs) you know it's like you go to farm or uh um you know any of the uh there's you know associations of folk music things and you can and you can take a class and learn how to you know on songwriting on you know doing whatever you know there's none of that 
back then. There's you can't go to. There's no comedy class you can go to. You know, it's like you just had to, you know, figure it out. And um, so, uh, at, at one point, there's there was a guy that my my sister knew a guy who knew another guy that that uh, had a, was a recording do, did recording in in New York City, and. Um, he heard, uh, you know, I sent him a tape, and he said, "Okay, I'll we'll uh, record some songs." And uh, he, I, I recorded my Fly Size song, and then the song called "Wine Talking" was the wine talking. It wasn't me, <laughs> and then some other song that that he'd written, and it was real country. And he wanted me to wear a cowboy hat, and I was talking to my wife. I said, "You know, this is not." me you know so she said well let's pick another name then so so i said what name do you think she said well haywood's i always thought haywood was a good name so okay haywood so it should be something shorter than as haywood how about haywood banks so okay great haywood banks you know and um so i did that for a while i came out and wear the cowboy hat and 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 played and then i just kind of dropped it went back to being Stuart mitchell and uh um we were on a uh trip to uh I, I was doing a bunch of horrible gigs out you know way out in iowa and nebraska and stuff and uh um i was doing characters to i was you know doing funny voices to annoy my wife and make the kids laugh and as uh, one does <laughs> yeah you know and uh so i i so my so shirley says uh that's funnier than anything you do on stage. I go, oh, thanks. You know, I'm trying to see, I'm trying to make a living here. And so uh, she said, you ought to do a character. You know, why don't you, why don't you try something else? You know, because I was just, you know, in a, in a vest and, and a necktie and being like, you know, suburban guy doing, you know, crazy song, crazy stories about my mom having to wear a, a cone around her neck because she broke her leg, you know, and, uh, and, um, so we went to a Salvation Army. I was we were out in in, uh, uh, in Colorado and went to a Salvation Army and I found a this terrible plaid orange and yellow plaid uh, you know leisure suit and just a whole, big old tie and you know a, a, some awful shirt and uh, I always thought that combing your hair on the side and combing it over was a funny look so I, I got some Brill cream and I comb my hair over and I found some I have a big nose and a, a little chin so with so glasses always look weird on me so I found some kids shop glasses so they were even smaller than regular <laughs> glasses and I put them on and uh, I went on stage and as this character I just you know talking really weird and, and and just doing my doing my stuff but just it there's something about you know I mean acting is I mean I, did, I never had done a whole lot of acting and it, there's something really um, otherworldly about it's like when you don't have the connection to reality you know of just when you're a little kid when you're wearing your favorite shirt to school and somebody goes oh John you're why are you wearing that shirt? And you go, oh, uh, uh, my my mom wore, my mom made me wear it, you know. And, and so you never wear that shirt again, and you slowly knock off, you know, little little bits of you know who you are to be this 
this figure that conforms with with society. Sure. Whereas all of a sudden, I as this character, I didn't have any of those restraints anymore. It's freeing, I bet. It was oh, it was totally freeing, and so I so I came out and, and did my show, the exact same show I'd done the you know two nights before as Stuart Mitchell. I came out and did as Stuart Mitchell couldn't be here, and his cousin's filling in, <laughs> and um, and it just it killed. Wow! And people, went, oh my gosh, that's that's amazing. So uh, I just uh, I came back. I was playing at the uh, in, at the comedy club here in, in Ann Arbor. Mm-hmm. And uh, this guy, Gary Kern, was in the audience. He was just funniest comic that died. He died back in the 80s or something. And uh, Gary Kern says, why don't you, why don't you pick the, use the name Haywood Banks? That's a good name for that guy. I said, oh, okay. So I took the Haywood Banks name that I wasn't using anymore and put it on <laughs> this new character. And so you wouldn't have to say Stuart Mitchell's cousin is here filling right. in for him. <laughs> and, uh, and just you know, it. it just took off. Yeah. You know? Cool. Well, we've talked for a while. How about another song? Oh, sure. What would you like to do? Um, well, I'll play one more uh, uh, Christmas song. I, I, my new Christmas album is on. Uh, it's on Spotify and Pandora, and uh, some of the songs are on um, uh, uh, Sirius XM on the Kids Channel. And uh, this is. She was going into labor when they checked into the stable. That black-haired, brown-eyed woman and her black-haired, brown-eyed man. Oh, and when the oh, and when the baby came, was a miracle. They all exclaimed, a miracle that night in that old little town of Bethlehem. Cause they all saw. A Scandinavian baby in the manger Looked just like a Swede in swaddling clothes A Finn was in the cradle Playing with a dreidel The sweet Norwegian Jesus we all know We've seen pictures of the baby when he was all grown up In Bible illustrations and the TV shows Blonde hair, blue eyes and a toga Like a frat boy from Minnesota The sweet Norwegian Jesus we all know Mary said, Joe, we need to talk. You see, an angel flew into my room. She did explain. Long story short, he said, just call me, hun. Now I got a blonde-haired, blue-eyed son. Joseph said, Jesus. She said, ooh, I like that name. Cause they all saw a Scandinavian baby in the manger. Looked less like a Swede in swaddling clothes. A fin was in the cradle. Playing with a dreidel, the sweet Norwegian Jesus we all know. We've seen pictures of the baby when he was all grown up. In Bible illustrations and the TV shows. Blonde hair, blue eyes, and Birkenstocks like the manager of the Copenhagen Food Co-op. The sweet Norwegian Jesus we all know. Well, it's hard to put one over on three wise men. Maybe one or two, but never three. 
They brought frankincense as a baby gift. Should have brought Swedish meatballs and a covered dish. Joseph said, but this is my son. And they all said, there's Norway. Cause they all saw a Scandinavian baby in the manger. Looked just like a Swede in swaddling clothes. As Finn was in the cradle, playing with a dreidel. The sweet Norwegian Jesus we all know. We've seen pictures of the baby when he was all grown up. In Bible illustrations and the TV shows. They all said, hey Maria, he could work at the Dubai Ikea. The sweet Norwegian Jesus we all know. <laughs> Last verse. <laughs> Well, at the Sermon of the Mount, the crowd that gathered there had never seen a Scandinavian. It's true, but none forget his more. But none could forget his immortal words when Jesus spoke those immortal words. But none could forget the voice they heard when Jesus spoke those immortal words. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Cause they all saw a Scandinavian baby in the manger Looked just like a Swede in swaddling clothes A fin was in the cradle, playing with a dreidel The sweet Norwegian Jesus we all know We've seen pictures of the baby when he was all grown up In Bible illustrations and the TV shows Blonde hair, blue eyes and a toga The Alpha Omega from Minnesota the sweet Norwegian Jesus we all know. That's called Scandinavian Baby. It is the of the new ones, the one that yes. have not been on the new record. That's yes. my favorite. I love that one. <laughs> you shouldn't write such complex songs. It'd be easier for you to remember. <laughs> <laughs> or, or, you know, but Christmas only comes once a year. I know, and I go, year. oh, crap, how does this go? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. I, I really enjoy that one. One or two, but never three. <laughs> so good. The newest album, again, is called New Holiday Standards, and it is available through Haywood's website, haywoodbanks.com. Yeah, if you want an actual CD... Signed CD. Yes. I will uh, sign it for you and send it out at haywoodbanks.com. Yes. Thank you for doing that. And just a quick little ditty about this as well. I mean, there's there's some fun stuff on here for sure. Um, it's called New Holiday Standards. And you briefly mentioned that you had an artist that covered one of the songs. Yeah. So I thought about the, like, what is a holiday? There's not very many standards that have come out in the last 20 years. Mariah Carey's Only One for Christmas is You is probably yeah, a standard yeah. now. Like, what else in the last one yeah. years that is new? There's some great stuff, but none of it has become like a standard. But I think on this album, <laughs> even before you said that, even before you said that somebody covered it, and I knew that from the research I was doing, that's the one that actually has the best staying power. It's one of the oldest ones on Facebook. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Diddly Squat and Frosty the Blues Man. People yeah. love that. And, yeah. Um, I tried to write, uh, I don't know, just so sometimes take a... a Take us like like Rudolph. I took uh, Rudolph the Red Rose Reindeer, and it's like, well, why would you know? Try, trying to like the backstory sure. of Rudolph. <laughs> so it was uh, Rudy the radioactive bioluminescent rhinitis caribou, <laughs> which is you know it's it's like a kind of uh, 
deconstruct and reconstruct like the Scandinavian babies. So, you know, right. it's like, well, <laughs> how come Jesus is white? Right. If his parents, you know, and yeah. maybe they should have brought, uh, the three men should have brought Chinese food because it was a Jewish couple. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm just saying. Right. I'm just saying. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> it's fun stuff for sure. But uh, yeah, I, it's, it's, a, it's a fun record, including a few older ones. And uh, I wonder maybe a Halloween record is on deck. Uh, I've got, got, a, few well, I've got a, a few, quite a few Halloween songs. I'd, I'd have to write some new ones, but there's, there's. It seems that there's so much more to write uh, oh, Christmas with Christmas. Christmas. Yeah. yeah, there's. I, uh, somebody told me that uh, Paul McCartney said that he, more people, or he's made more money off of Wonderful Christmas uh, Time, of of whatever is is Wonderful uh, Christmas. Yeah, time. Wonderful Christmas Time, which is one of the most. God awful <laughs> songs. It's catchy, but it's a little yeah. Lame. It's like, oh, please don't play that again. But you know, it's uh, he's made more money off that than any other song he's written. What? I mean, yeah. Can you imagine? And and the guy that wrote uh, Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer, uh, you know, built his house and put his kids through school with that. You know, so I thought, well, I can write a horrible Christmas song. Yeah. You know, why not me? <laughs> Well, Diddley Squats, I mean, the fact that she she's she was on American Idol, she's a Christian artist, she's she's got a following, and she chose to cover your song. That's, yeah, that's really kind of cool, yeah. actually. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm hope I'm hoping more that you know, it's, I mean, that it's new holiday standards to be heard playing from a, a gas pump yes. on a snowy Christmas Eve. You know, that's that's kind of that's you your know, goal. Yeah, that, that's the <laughs> that's my hope that you know while you're pumping gas, you miserable it. with your feet cold, you know. That you've got, uh, you can hear uh, uh, Crinkle Crinkle or something, you know, some horrible song. Well, we were discussing your your career path before we diverted back to the new album. So I'll go back to that for a bit. So Steve Martin had the banjo and an arrow through the head, but you had a toaster and and some funny songs. If it hadn't been for incorporating a toaster in your act... I don't know how, I mean, you, you were funny enough, but like that's what catapulted it's, you into more homes. It's, um, it's just, you know, I look, I look at it as just, it's like almost like God saying, here you go. Here's your gift. Here, here's, here's, <laughs> I mean, it's, 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 it sounds like the, the stupidest thing ever, but it's for what it's done, you know, and, um. It's your most covered song. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. People have, people have won the talent contest. All kids have won the talent contest all over the world using that song. It's just the royalties must be. Oh great. my, pour in. Yes, yeah. they have no idea who I am. No, nope. I I, pl- I played a. I played a place one time, and the waitress come up, a waitress came up to me afterwards and said, uh, "I just got in an argument with a guy who said that." He wondered why this old man was singing the toast song on stage when his friend Billy had written it in fifth grade. <laughs> it's like, how what? Come he's still a, stealing Billy's song. Well, there's a story behind that. It's my yeah. song. Yeah. <laughs> well, your your comedy has become part of the lexicon of at least my world. I mean, I can't say the word toast without saying it yeah. and singing it sometimes. And other songs like uh, Interstate 80, Iowa. I mean, I, I if I see corn, I say it more than once, <laughs> multiple times. In our household, what's that smell isn't just said. It's, <laughs> yeah. What's that smell? We have to say it just like you. So I, I, I'm... I'm sure that that's happened in other households that your your comedy oh, yeah. has become kind of part of the lexicon of their language. It's 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 really I don't know it's it's a wonderful legacy <laughs> and 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 people you really have no idea what you're as as a musician or you know as a comedian you have no idea how you know what people are going through and and what you know that they need 
something at a certain time. And, mm-hmm. and I've had people just come up and say, well, you know, I've been going through a hard time and, and thank you for writing your songs because it's just made me feel better. And it's like, well, good. It's an escape. That, it's an escape. Just, yeah. yeah. And that's, I mean, that's a, that's a wonderful thing to have people say to you. You're actually a damn good guitar player. People forget that. I mean, you're not just a, a comedy singer. You're really a good guitar player. So oh, let's, thank, let's thank focus you. on your musicianship for just a second there. <laughs> but also the fact that um, you have to protect your voice as a singer too. And it seems that it's lucky for you that toast is one of your biggest things because you're screaming in that. Yeah, yeah. And you have to protect your voice from that. So if you were doing that earlier in the set, you might have ripped your, your vocal cords to shreds. It's, well, and, I, and I've, I've never played in a band, you know, where I didn't have... I, most of the time I can hear myself. Yeah. And so I didn't, I never like overcompensated and, and, you know, luckily I, you know, I can scream. You <laughs> I still a, scream. You do that in a few songs. Uh, yeah. I can still scream and, uh, you know. Dearest Mr. Claus has some screaming in it. We, yeah. <laughs> that's a funny one too. I like that one a lot. But yeah, I just, I was thinking about the singer Haywood, because you have to you have to protect your body. Like I gave you a bottle of cold water, and I thought to myself as I gave it to you, like, really, you're supposed to have room temperature water as yeah. a singer because you're shocking your throat. But maybe you don't you don't go through that. All I have that. so I've, it's just me and my phlegm normally, yes, you know. So. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, so you you did other than the comedy albums that we're all familiar with, you have diverted and done serious music albums, the Swamp Opera and the Dear, uh, yeah. Dear Calamity Jane or Calamity Jane. You decide, well, audience, it's, which uh, yeah, is Yeah, I know. Oh, you got yeah. <laughs> I've got them both, sir. Yeah, we there was, evidently we put it out and there was too many Calamity Janes, so we had to... <laughs> Add the deer? Uh, yeah. I noticed that, but... I don't know. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Have people embraced those uh, non-comedy albums? We've had a lot of, you know, the, those, those two were the... Uh, all the lyrics were written by my wife Shirley Mitchell, and uh, um, I pu- I put the music to it, and I'm I'm singing on uh, Calamity Jane, but uh, mainly it's that's those are like her projects, and and she's had, you know, people seem to like the the albums, mm-hmm. and uh, they like the, they like the songs on them, and and uh, um, we've had uh, Swamp Opera put on about I don't know two or three times from different people I don't I I know how to you know I can I can get gigs for you know comedy gigs but I it's like the theater is a whole different uh ballpark for me so need a manager for that yeah exactly <laughs> well I I looked I mean I don't know at 72 what your plans are like when do you stop and do you continue to do comedy or do you go back and do something more folky like this it would you know what are your forward plans um do you even well, know? To, to be to be honest with you, after uh, after COVID and kind of I I just paid my house off just before COVID, oh, and it was like, you know, so all of a sudden there's money appearing in my you know that I would normally, you know, be paying out every every month you know sure. appearing in my uh, checking account and um, and not having uh, and I, I guess Social Security so. You could the retire. the burn the burn of having to go out and you know it's like oh my gosh I got you know I've got to go you know do more gigs to make a living it's it's not quite there although I I love playing and so I stop and I'm getting you know I'm as long as if I'm if I'm working all the time I get you know I get really good at it and um, you know it seems to, I rarely have a bad show so 
Of course, people are, people are coming to see me, so they go, geez, hey, that, was, that, was, that was an awful show. Hey, would you? <laughs> no, no one's going to tell you that. <laughs> For sure. Uh, so the ARC gig, I don't have the date in front of me. Uh, it's the tw- 21st. 21st. It's a Saturday night. Saturday night yeah. ARC. So those who, who are watching and or listening in the immediate area, because this is a podcast and can be heard all over the world. I know I have people listening in other countries, so you probably can't come to the ARC show. But, uh, you know, it's it's worth checking out if you're in the area. And I got tons of stuff on YouTube. Yeah, for sure. And uh, and all my stuff's on Spotify and, and Pandora and most of the streaming networks. And uh, so... I was doing another deep dive into your past, and I stumbled into things that I didn't realize were you. There was uh, some Harmony House commercials that you appeared in. Oh, yeah. Don was and Aretha Franklin in those commercials. Oh, yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I, I, I imagine those, the way they were shot, I imagine that you weren't in the same room with Don or Aretha. Yeah, I wasn't I was in the same room with Don, with uh, Aretha Franklin, but the uh, conductor of the uh, Detroit Symphony and I were in the same room. He there was, you go. He was a good sport. <laughs> I wonder what a Don was produced Haywood Banks' record was sound like because he's produced some great people over the years since those. Yeah, was he in there? He was in one oh of them. Oh my Absolutely. gosh! Now I know. I, I didn't know who he was at the time. I didn't, didn't even know he that was, was that was was a, a musical act that uh, were popular. For oh a yeah, while. They, yeah. They had a couple of hits, but yeah, he's he's now the one of major producers. So oh sure, Blue Note Records president, I think at this point too, which is very weird. But absolutely, you were in a commercial with him. Did you know that? <laughs> <laughs> I should, I should send him a, I should send him a CD. I also stumbled into the fact that one of your songs was performed on American Idol by a guy who I don't think he got very far, but <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, he he did. Uh, you can be mean to me, right? <laughs> and uh, he had heard it at a camp up in Minnesota. He had no idea who I was. He just, you know, it's like the, the songs just like have taken their own, have just going off on their own, and. Um, so he came on American Idol and, and sang it. It's like, uh, you can be mean to me, mean as you want to be. Just say anything that you like. You can be nasty and catty and cruel and unusual. Twist my nose with your fingers. Trip me while I carry liquids. But as you, at some point, you'll have to fall asleep. Anyway, so it was, uh, I wrote for my sister, for my older sister. And, uh, um, but yeah, he, he was on, on American Idol, you're, you're pay, they pay out, I think it's a minimum of 30 seconds. But if you go to 50 seconds or 60 seconds, you get more money. So they, you know, they all, you always see them like, cut people off at a certain point that's because it's that's because it's gotten to the point where they royalties yeah where the royalties you know would go up if they went any farther so you got the small portion yeah so they just played a little bit and and simon went do you know what kind of show this is (laughs) and they didn't know they didn't they they had to like kind of search the internet to find out whose song it was and they (laughs) they contacted me and said oh is this your song yeah okay well here give us permission and then uh, they never sent me the check. They just sent me the uh, tax uh, the tax ID thing. I said, "Hey, you know, you never sent me a check on this. You just what just gave me that? You just gave me the tax. You know that I had to pay the taxes. That's so finally, crazy. they they sorted it out. But that's crazy. I <laughs> I thought that was an interesting little. I didn't <laughs> yeah. know that. As I'd done some more deep diving, I also found that there was a TV show pilot on WJBK here in Detroit. Back oh, yeah. In 1993. Did that do anything? Did it go anywhere? Uh, it, we, had, we had one, yeah, the, Hay- the Haywood show. We had, they, they played it once and then just decided not to do anything with it. I don't, Come on. Yeah. It would have been fun. It's like, I know. It was, 
they I mean it's it's weird they like built you know the whole beautiful set and everything we had all these characters and hired and hired all these people and PB's Playhouse was a success we yeah. used to watch uh, uh, Sir Graves Gastly and what was the guy that used to blow up frogs uh, <laughs> um, yeah Poop Deck Paul and yeah, <laughs> I mean that, this character. is my, my age but could have been fun yeah oh darn it darn it yeah that was a I mean and then they uh I think it was so unsuccessful that they had to uh, sell their studio and move to Channel 50 or something. <laughs> so CBS, and now it's a Fox chase channel. That, uh... So on the newest record, did you work with many of the same folks that you work with on your other records when you flushed uh, well, not live band? There, there's a guy named Steve Ali that's the the uh, musical director, and so he he did a lot of stuff. It's the the album has it's all full orchestra, full band, and it's not just me uh, croaking away. Except um, the very first song is is Turkey Bird, and I play that with uh, David Mosier. Uh, but uh, the rest of the album is is you know uh, tubas and pedal steel and you know all kinds of uh, different instrumentation and background background singers and stuff. It's really uh, you know a nicely produced album. Well, I know you've worked with David before, so are a lot of these players people that have been on other albums with you as well, or is this a new uh, batch of folks? Yeah, the, the, this was uh, mainly recorded in Indianapolis oh, okay. at the uh, uh, Bob and Tom studio down there. And uh, so um, a lot of the guys are, you know, just have been, there's one guy, Sandy Williams, has played on every, I think every album that I've been on. He's a guitar player. And... Um, <clears throat> But yeah, there's some very, you know, like everywhere, there's a lot of, you know, incredibly talented musicians that, you know, do uh, uh, do studio work. Probably not lucrative at this point. Have you ever thought about doing a band show where you have some of these players with you? Uh, so you got to pay them. <laughs> yeah, not, uh, you know, I, uh, you know, I may, I mainly, I just see myself going on and and, you know, doing my little. That's what you've always done. Walk, yeah, walking out stage, noodling and and bluffing people for an hour and a half. You know, <laughs> it's fun. Haywood Banks again is the guest here today in Grove Studios. Grove, as I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, is a great spot if you're in the Detroit or Ann Arbor area to do a podcast, as I do, or if you have a band or you're a DJ and you want to find a place to practice and make a little less noise so you don't make your neighbors mad at you. It's a great place to check out. Check really out a nice facility. It's it is. Yes, beautiful. Yeah. I showed them the big room when we got here. And it doesn't look like anything out front. But, no, it's an in, in, in industrial park next to yeah. railroad tracks. Next yeah. to, there's a towing company behind me. I think we heard a beeping of one of the trucks backing up earlier. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's a great little spot in, in Ypsilanti, so not far from Detroit or Ann Arbor, and uh, it's working out pretty good for me. So would you like to do another song as we continue to uh, sure. progress? What what can you remember? <laughs> yeah, a, well, luckily, I have a list here. Oh, uh, look at that. Let's see. I, um, do I know that? Um, how about... Um, <laughs> this borrowed capo I keep putting on upside down. Thank God for capos. <laughs> This motel mirror, big and brightly lit. I was jumping in a shower on a business trip when I caught my reflection, gave a startled hoot. What the hell happened to my birthday suit? 
My mare at home, about the size of a dinner plate. Just enough information, I could shave my face. So when I caught the big picture, saw the naked truth. Said, what the hell happened to my birthday suit? My birthday suit, once a point of pride. Never thought a bit about taking a skinny dip in the bright sunshine. My birthday suit took an awful dive from tone to homely. Just as if I must have missed a ticket to tell me, dry, clean only. I'd expected my reflection to match my recollection. Permanent press perfection. What I saw was a, a flabalanche. I'll get that next time. When I went to the gym, where tune-up was my intention. When the trainer took a look, I think it mentioned an adventure. Well, his exact words, if you want to know the truth, were, Ooh, what'd you do to your birthday suit? My birthday suit, once a point of pride. Never thought a bit about taking a skinny dip in the bright sunshine. My birthday suit took an awful dive from tone to homely. Just as if I must have missed a ticket to tell me, dry, clean only. I, he said, you look like a pile of cheese curds. Rolled in cat hair. So when I clean up at a hotel, I get the shower all steamy Cause I'm a little squeamish About me having to see me I haven't swim in a sweater Keep my hiding, hiding That don't work I'm gonna look into vinyl siding In my birthday suit Once a point of pride Never thought a bit about taking a skinny dip In the bright sunshine My birthday suit Took Awful dive from tone to homely, just as if I must have missed a ticket to tell me, directly only. And don't get me started on that magnifying mirror. Oh my God, that's like turning over a log. <laughs> well, close. See, that's part of coming to see me. Like, can Haywood make it through the song? Without clamming up. That's no, a, but that's, that's always. I mean, it's comedy, so we have to laugh it's at comedy. you. It's that, comedy. That's, that's my go-to. <laughs> it works for me. It's raggedy. <laughs> so what would your wife say about living with you? Is it difficult or fun? <laughs> Are you constantly finding I'm, the funny and the mundane? I'm the normal one in the house. What? Yes. I, I tell people, we're, we're a mixed marriage. I'm from Earth. <laughs> and <laughs> yes, there's a... Um, Yes, my my wife's a very she's a very creative, very interesting, lovely, lovely woman. Of course, we've been married a long time. She has she has no sense of direction, and um, we've been we've been traveling for forty six years, and she's never come out of the hotel room and turned the right way to go to the elevator. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a miracle. Wow, never. Yeah, yeah never. Wow. <laughs> Remarkable. What keeps you writing new songs? Well, I I play the guitar for about an hour every day, and uh, sometimes you know, 
new things come up. One of my, one of my big problems is that as I as I play, my guitar playing keeps getting better. Not you can't tell from the last song, but 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 more and more complicated. So um, when I write a song, it's it, there's really a, a balance. But the 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 best songs are just like three chords. Because you aren't thinking about you know anything but but the lyrics you know but when I'm when I'm playing um, you know you gotta there's there's got to be the there has to be a, a certain clarity of what you're talking about because people get distracted by the guitar playing yeah. So if the guitar playing's too good, I get uh, let's talk compost, turning your lunch into dirt. You know that kind of. <laughs> well, maybe you should do a guitar only. Yeah. Guitar. No, seriously, maybe you should because you you seem to love playing the guitar. Oh, I, yeah, I love playing guitar. Do an and instrumental guitar record. Why not? I, I you know I don't I don't know that I'm. You know I've seen amazing guitar players, and you know you can just pull them up every day on, on YouTube, you know, and, um, uh, I think I'm, I'm as a, you know, it's like, um, Steve Allen said, as a, as a musician, I'm a good comedian (laughs) as a, (laughs) as a comedian, I'm a good musician, you know, that kind of, that kind of thing. So, you know, I'm somewhere, I can say, say somewhere in the, uh, in the murky middle, when you're writing songs, do you avoid certain topics that you like? You don't write a lot of political stuff, for instance. I don't. I just, mainly because I'm lazy. Oh, <laughs> uh, because there's such a shelf life. Um, yeah, I true. had. Um, I did write a song about uh, Obama uh, when he first got in. How he's uh, something about he had a whole lot of you know, a whole lot of things to deal with. You know, there's the climate. There's you know the the tensions in the world, the economy, but the main thing, the most amazing thing is that he's going to live, he lives with his mother-in-law. <laughs> mother-in-law, your mother-in-law. <laughs> so there's a few that I haven't heard. How many of those come out? Like how many songs do you write that we never hear? Oh, well, you know, ho- hopefully, uh, I mean, there's, you know, there's plenty that have just... Um, Uh, so, you know, some I just I just realize halfway through that it's not going anywhere. I just need to do something else with the with the tune. Um, so you write different lyrics. Yeah, just just take it a different way. And, so, and sometimes it just takes not playing it for a while, and then you come back and because you can really get a um, get hooked into. Uh, um, just locked into something and you can't you know th- that you can't get out of like I, I have this great little riff goes to... I caught a whiff of waffle but it was my mistake it weren't a waffle that I whiffed was a passing puff of pancake <laughs> you know it's just okay what do I do with it <laughs> start and never finish song about breakfast food yeah. the beginning of that yeah. well either way you're providing a valuable service you're providing smiles for people that's, thank you that's something thank you. that uh, isn't uh, being done enough right now 
There's still a lot of, I, how do we get back to people like fighting over the same things we've been fighting over for years? I thought we were getting better and now we're doing it again. You know, I have, I have friends on both sides and I've, I mean, I have a neighbor that, you know, had, there's a lot of people, I just, I, there's a lot of people, I, uh, political views were never, never entered into why I liked the person. Right. You know, and that's like a whole separate thing. Some people you can, you know, I've, one guy I've known, there's just like, he's a just curmudgeonly far right guy, but I can slam him and I can say awful things to him and he'll laugh about it, you know, and he just, you know, he'll say stupid stuff. It's like, have you Googled this? Do you, (laughs) you know, you don't. If you just Google this, you can see that you're wrong. You know, it's like, I don't know, there's something about, uh, yeah, Obama has uh, gotten rid of most of our nuclear arsenal. It's like, well, have you looked at, you know, Bush and, and every every president has gotten rid of, you know, something, nuclear weapons. Right. What are you talking about? <laughs> oh, okay. You know, I never hear anything back, you know, from that. But but there's, I don't know, there's, there's just a whole, I have people that I know are liberal come up and see me and I've seen, you know, people come up and with a Trump hat on uh, that enjoy my show too, you know, because people, yeah, people (laughs) need, they need to laugh. They need to just release that. You know, there's not, it's, I don't, people just need to release it. Well, we're glad to have you then. Well, for, for <laughs> thank you. I wonder how many of your fans realize they're listening to a folk musician because that's really what you are. You emceed the folk festival, the Annabelle Folk Festival. Yeah. Was the MC. That was oh, fun. I love doing that. Yeah. You know, but was... I, bet, I bet they don't think they're coming to a folk show to see comedy. They're just going to see a comedy show. But... Yeah. they. Um, and I, I don't think a lot, I don't know. It, it was, it, that was really a fun night. Yeah, and it was. What, what was uh, thrilled to me is to play to 4,000 people and they're getting my jokes. Yes. You know, there's four, oh, oh there's just like 4,000 people in my living room. Okay. Yeah. You guys know what I'm saying. Yeah. You think this is funny? Okay, there. good. Okay. We're on the same page here. Yes. I'm not Amy Lou Harris and I'm not, you know, you know, but Hey, you know, we can still have fun here. We did have fun. It was a good night for sure. What is your go-to listening music? Is that the kind of stuff you listen to? I, you know, I, I rarely listen to anything. What? Um, just because I have so I have so many songs that like I'm I'm working on in my head that I just try not to pollute it with anything. You know, not that the music would be polluting, but it, but it's just if I can get those down, then I don't have to think about you know those things and. You drove 45 or so minutes to get here. What did you listen to? Uh, News? Podcast? Yeah, just... <laughs> I exclusively listen to you. Thank John. you. That's, I could recommend that on the way home. Mainly, mainly what I listen to is... Acoustic Alternatives with John Bomarito is Hayward's favorite <laughs> podcast. I said it, not him. <laughs> that That is your go-to, though. In the, in the car. you got to have something on when you're driving to... Uh, yeah, I just usually listen to um, the news. You know, it's inter- it's sometimes I like uh, listening like uh, I like to listen to NPR when they when the uh, British come on because they a lot of times you know they they put in some cool alliteration and and uh, you know it's just fun to hear you know other controversies they may have over there you know <laughs> it's controversies yeah. <laughs> I, I got the joke about aluminium yeah <laughs> got it out. 
Haywood Banks is my guest today on Acoustic Alternatives, recorded in uh, Grove Studios in Ypsilanti. One more song before I let you on your merry uh, way. Uh, well, I could, uh, I think I know Turkey Bird. I can play that. All right. I am a turkey bird. I live a turkey life. I got me 13 turkey kids, a little turkey wife. I eat a little corn, then wander around the pen. Have a drink of water, then it's corn again. Uh, puffing my feathers out, uh, strutting all around. Come on, check me out. I'm pecking on ground. Dangly noodle hangy thing, growing off my face. I'm looking good, only thing to say is blah, 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 no, 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 my big brother Jake, he always was a smarty. He said when November ends, we're going to a party. Going to a party, I'll be the guest of honor. Where the will present to me a red pop-up thermometer. I had a little dream, all the good china. You know, like cranberries, uh, any more corn. I ate too much, I'm feeling stuffed. I am a turkey bird, I live a turkey life. I got me 13 turkey kids, a little turkey wife. Turkey Bird, one of the tracks you can find on the <laughs> new Haywood Banks CD, which is also on a previous album as well. The newest album, again, is called New Holiday Standards. It looks like this in its physical form. It's available <laughs> digitally as well, and Haywood appears at the Ark on January 21st. You've got other things that you're doing, too, uh, in the meantime, but uh, that's the only one I have memorized at the moment. <laughs> that's the, well, I see. Um, uh, I'm, uh, there, there's stuff coming in right now, but I just uh, I haven't put it on the calendar yet. So HaywoodBanks.com is the best spot to find yes. it. Absolutely. Thank you so much for spending time with me today. My pleasure, John. Thank you. Look forward to seeing you at the ARC on January 21st and uh, perhaps before that. Cool. This is Acoustic Alternatives. You can find uh, 46 other episodes of this online, whatever podcast method you decide to choose to listen to or watch it from. It's there for you. I want to thank Grove Studios once again for being an excellent home for me to do this in. And I uh, hope you can join me again. <laughs>